0: Have you ever had a food so good you just have to share it with somebody? We all have, right? You tasted a meal, and you were like, I have to. You have to try this. This is amazing. Or imagine imagine you're, you're at a relative's house or something, and they're preparing your favorite meal. You've, you've tried it, and you're like, I'm so excited. You invite your friends over just to try this meal, right? And so you're excited not only to try the meal and to have it, but your friends get to have it, too. That's, that's actually how I feel right now. I, the Lord has just blessed me with this message, and I'm really excited to share it. And I've, I happen to have tasted it for you, but I just get to help serve it and, and, and hand it out to you guys. Um, so I'm really excited. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. The, the title of my message today is Expanding Imagination. When I thought about that title, it seems a little bit fluffy to me. But it's actually the most concise way to say what I'm saying. So, so to start, I want I want to frame a question. Um, why does it sometimes feel hard to surrender to Christ? Why is that hard? Or why does the way of the world sometimes look better to us than God's way? Like, why is that? Why does sin look good sometimes? It's something we can all relate to. Why? Why is that? Or why does it feel like we like to be a Christian? We have to give things up. You ever felt that way? I've talked to so many non-Christians who don't want to be Christians because they don't want to give something up. Right? Why does it feel that way? Um, That those questions. this message really is going to get, the, uh, is, is really going, intended to answer these questions and get to the root of them. Why, why does it feel that way? Um, so, to, to start, um, if you can, turn your, your Bible to Mark 10. That's where we're going to be staying this whole time. Uh, Mark 10, 17 to 22. So, verse 17. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack Go and sell all you possess and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But at these words, he was saddened and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. Let's just pray. Fathers, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for being present and with us, God. Thank you for getting at the heart of this question and just helping us to see that your way is better for us. Thank you, Father, for greater levels of surrender today and that freedom and breakthrough is available right now. We just thank you so much, Father. We just say, move freely. This is your service, God. Thank you. Amen. Does everyone understand the story? So it's pretty straightforward. Uh, there's a rich man who comes to Jesus, and he, he's he's... He has a genuine question. He says he bows, he actually bows before Jesus and says, how can I inherit eternal life? It's a pretty big question. And Jesus says, well, firstly, you will know, keep the commandments. He says, I, he says, I did, I have kept the commandments. And Jesus said, there's something you lack. Give up all your things and follow me. And so here we can, we can kind of see the questions that I, I asked in the beginning. Why does sin sometimes look better? Or why does the way of the world sometimes look better? Why does being rich sometimes look better to us than God's way? Why is that? Here, the rich man is clearly feeling those things. He actually walked away from Jesus. It says he was saddened and even grieving, and he walked away. My initial reading of this passage, I was always like, okay, why why did the rich man walk away sad, why is that? And my response was always, he walked away sad because riches had his heart and Jesus was getting at what had his heart, right? And that's true, but I think there's actually more to it and that's what I want to expound on. So riches had the rich man's heart and he walked away sad. But here's a follow-up question, I think just as a side tangent, it's something something really important to do when we're reading the Bible is to ask questions. Ask questions, dig in. Ask the question why. Very simple. So, ask I ask the question why. Okay, so why did riches have this man's heart? That's like the follow-up question. Okay, so he walked away sad because riches had his heart. But why? Why did why did riches have his heart. Why is that? And the answer is the heart of my message. He lacked imagination. He lacked imagination. Okay, what am I saying? That's that's a crazy thing to say. What, What am I saying? He lacked imagination. The rich man couldn't imagine something better than having everything. He couldn't imagine something better than having everything. It's like his imagination hit a ceiling. And you can't see outside of his riches. Okay, this is as good as it gets. Well, I don't want to give that up. So so I'm going to walk away sad. You see? He actually couldn't see the better. There's actually something better here for you. He lacked imagination. I think just to point out to... Um, just uh, the phrasing here, it says in verse 21, Jesus, looking at him, felt a love for him. And sometimes it doesn't feel loving when Jesus says, give up all your things, right? It doesn't really feel loving to say that. But it is, because he's actually looking at you. When he says, give up all of your things, he's not saying that, To take from you he's saying that to give to you so so it it actually says here Jesus says there's something there's one thing that you lack go and sell all you possess he uses the word lack he doesn't say rich man you have too many things give up your stuff he says rich man you lack something Give up your stuff. So when he looks at you and says, give up your possessions, he's not saying you have too much. He's saying you don't have enough. He's saying he has more for you. And he wants, he's inviting us, this is what he's doing, he's inviting us to expand our way of thinking to see that he actually has better things for us than what the world can offer. So the rich man walked away sad because he lacked imagination. Jesus didn't say say to the rich man, give up your things because he wanted to make the rich man poor, but because he wanted to make the rich man rich. And just to emphasize, all of this is founded in love for the rich man. And so, as Christians, if we want to walk out, surrender, and giving up our things, we need to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Just like Ginger was talking about, not ahead knowledge, but rooted. Okay, God, you love me. And so even when we don't see the, the better, we can trust him in the moment that there is something better. So we, we have to start... That's the, it's really the foundation of everything, of the Christian walk, is starting in the love of God. This is where we start. God, you love me. So that I've experienced it so many times. 2019, honestly, was a year of doing this. Giving up what looks good in the moment, trusting God, knowing that he has something better for me. Okay, God, I, I don't really want to give this up, right? But you love me. You love me, God, and you give good gifts to me. I know you're not trying to lead me astray. You're not trying to take from me and make me poor, but you care about me. Okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you here. I'm going to give this to you and, and trust you, Father. Following Jesus is actually better than having everything. It's actually better. So his love is what allows us to give up what looks good in the moment, to trust him to bring something better to us. He's not trying to take from the rich man, he's trying to give. So there's really three words that I'm pointing out here in this scripture. It's love, Jesus felt a love for him. Lack, so there was something the rich man actually lacked, he didn't have enough. And, and the word all. Jesus didn't say, give up some of your things. He said, give up all of your things. He didn't say, give up a lot of your things. He said, give up everything. And that's, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow sometimes, which is why we, we really just need to be founded in, in his love. I've met, I've met so many who have given up so much for Christ and not to their shame, thank God for what they've given up. But how many have we met that have given up absolutely everything for him? I really believe that we will be the difference this year and in this next decade when we've surrendered everything to the Lord and we've given it up, seeing and knowing that he actually has better things for us. So, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, kind of looking back, well, there might be a few things I, I need to give up or the Lord is inviting me to trust him with. We, we, we've all been there. I, I could feel that way. I felt a little bit that way this morning. I'm saying maybe that's because your imagination has been capped and you haven't even known it. So, so maybe your, your imagination has hit a ceiling and you haven't even be able, been able to imagine or think of something that's better than the thing the Lord is inviting you to trust Him with, or to give up, and so that's really, uh, really a hard question. Have have is there anything, Lord, in our lives that we have kept back from you? Is there any area in our heart that we've kept back? Sometimes, sometimes we walk away sad because we think that what we're giving up is greater than what we're going to get. That's another way to put it. And that's actually a lie. He has better things for us. Really, the heart of my message is so simple God's way is better, His way is actually better. And I really believe it's time to stop comparing what the world has to offer to what God has to offer. Because what He has to offer, it just doesn't even compare. It really doesn't. The peace that He has to offer for you does not compare to the peace the world has to offer you. I think a, a good story that, that puts that kind of points this out is Matthew thirteen forty four. It's sort of the opposite of this story. Matthew thirteen forty four. If you're familiar, it's a single verse and it's an entire parable, and it says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. This is like the antithetical story to the one we just read. So he, in this story, he runs with joy and sells everything he has. In contrast, where the rich man is hanging on to what he has and walks away sad. And that's really what the kingdom of heaven is like seeing, expanding our imaginations, our ways of thinking to see that what God has to offer us in our lives, his plan for us, his purpose for us, is far better than anything that we could hang on to. It's far better. The love of God really is the fuel for our yes. It really is the fuel for our yes. We're founded in God's love it is the enablement that allows us when we don't see because there's so many times in life when we don't see the better and it's really his love that enables us to say yes wholeheartedly about 2 months ago the lord so, so the lord really gave me this message i was um, i was let's see i woke up it was a normal day i Went to pick out my workout, my gym clothes, and the Lord, as I'm picking out my clothes because I would go straight from work to go to the gym. The Lord just invited me to be spend time with Him that night instead of workout, and so I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there with my clothes, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll I'll do that. So I put my 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 clothes um, away, and just like let's 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 go. So I went to work had a normal day, after work, went home, showered, took my Bible, and I went to a coffee shop, a local coffee shop in northeast Minneapolis. And I'm sitting there, and I I feel really distracted. I'm like, okay, this is my date night with the Lord, and I'm feeling extremely, extremely distracted. And I, I just feel like there are some things in my heart, like, that my heart has a tight grip on, and I'm like, like, what is that? I don't want to hold on to this. Like, what is going on here? I just want to let this thing go. And so I was really distracted, and I was a little bit frustrated because I just want to spend time with the Lord, and I'm just seeing that there's some things the Lord wants me to let go of. And so so I open my Bible, and I'm kind of flipping through the pages and letting them fall. And my thumb happens to stop in Mark 10, in this, in this chapter. And so... I begin to read. And as I'm sitting there, the Holy Spirit just absolutely filled the room. And I begin to read. And I begin to see that the rich man walked away sad because riches had his heart. And they had his heart because he couldn't imagine something better than them. And the Lord, in that moment, sat down beside me. I swear there was like a body next to me. Fully present, fully, it's as if I'm fully known. He can see my situation, he's present, he's there. He knows how I feel. He's not condemning me, he's not shaming me, he knows how it feels. And he says to me, Austin, just imagine for a second, just imagine, close your eyes, just imagine, there's something better than what you're hanging on to. Just imagine that. And I was like, wow. That's so true, God. That's so true. And, and it, it was like, it was like the, the grip that my heart had on whatever this was, just let go, and it was gone. It was as if the imagination, my imagination's ceiling just blew off. It's like I had a ceiling, and then it was gone. And I can see oh, wait, there's something better than this. <laughs> I don't even want that. And I would run and, you know, like, like the story we just read, sell everything I have just to be with him and, and and receive what he has for me. And so the whole night I'm preaching to myself. I'm filled up. Like, this is, Lord, you have so many good plans for us. The whole next morning I'm preaching to myself. I'm like, Lord, I, this is such a, a powerful message help us to, to see that there is something better than anything we could hang on to in this life. And as I'm praying, I'm, I'm just walking it out more and more in my heart. And I'm like, Lord, I have to teach this. You have to, you, you, you have to, you have to let me teach this. And within minutes, Jeff actually texted me and uh, here I am. And so I, I really believe, um, this is not a long message, but I really believe the Lord, the Lord has orchestrated this time, and there are people in this room that the Lord is inviting you to give things up, and he actually has better things for you. So why don't we just take a second and just, just examine our hearts and just see, okay, God, is there, any, is there any area in my heart that I've withheld? Is there any area that I'm compromising in that I haven't trusted you with? You have good plans for us. You know, a, a lot of us have heard God is a good father. He loves us. And I'm here to remind you, he actually is a good father. He actually is. And he actually does have good plans for you each and every one of you. We've heard so many times God loves us, but he actually does. He really does. And he has good things for each of us. So I want you just to to examine your heart, see is there anything, Lord, any area of my heart that I haven't trusted you with? And just to see him come down and sit beside you. Know how you're feeling. Know where you are exactly. And just imagine for a moment, just for a moment, there's actually something better for you. We don't want to be like the rich man and walk away sad. We want to, to to our joy, sell everything that we have and buy the field where the treasure is.